People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Today we are kicking off your Labor Day with the stars of Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis, and Brendan Hunt. Then from Khloe Kardashian's Good American to Kim K. Skims, the woman behind some of the most successful celebrity brands, Emma Greed. Plus, you'll meet three entrepreneurs whose beauty business got the attention of some A-list stars and is changing women's lives. It's, okay. it's today with Hoda and Jenna. It all starts right now. Hey, everybody, welcome in. Wow, Monday, September the 4th. Oh, yeah. That fall feeling. School starting, if it hasn't already started, it's all happening. It's happening. Don't you feel like this week is one? And by the way, you can relax. Today's a holiday. Happy Labor Day. Yeah, milk it. We want to celebrate all the incredible workers out there. But later on this week, it's kind of one of my favorite weeks there is. This first week, this in week September? of September, because it's like school's back. You have that kind of Excited. butterfly feeling. Right, You're back to routines. Mm-hmm. I love the summer, mm-hmm. but I also love the changing of seasons so that it's time to kind of get back into gear. Yeah, I do think, and I do like a rhythm because I think the summer's cool because there is none really. You just kind totally. of wake up when you feel like it for a lot of kids, yeah. and you go to sleep when you want. But now it's back. How about that first week? Try to get up. Try to get your kids up at seven. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Time to go, 6.30, whenever. Um, okay, but we are celebrating all the laborers. Yes, people who work you, all the holidays. The craziest all. job. Craziest job I ever had. Um, cra- I wouldn't say craziest, but probably the one I was least <laughs> equipped to do was when I was in the accounts payable department of an airline called US Air. Oh, heard of it? It's an oldie, but a goodie. And I still remember, is first it, of all, is it still in business? I don't know, but don't how do so. you get hired to be an accounts payable when your worst subject is math? <laughs> and literally they used to come up to me and go like this, excuse me, you're $50,000 off here. I was like, oh my God. Oh, wait. Okay. Sorry. I didn't know. Why would someone hire me? That was the worst hire ever. Because I'm also, equipped for any kind of job. Sorry, can I ask you why you why? would apply for that? Why? Because Where I need it. Where did you find it? In I the saw paper? it somewhere. Some, yes. A friend of mine and I were like, we need summer jobs. This one pays whatever it paid. Oh, yes, that's the one. It also reminds you, don't only do a job for the pay. Sometimes you have to because yes. you have to pay for things. Yeah. But if you only do a job for the pay, that means you're only happy every other Thursday when your paycheck comes. That's so All true. the other days During are not the day good days. When you're like grinding it, sitting at a desk, numbers. Ooh, I what were you doing? I That's so know. not so like not you. not like me. Okay, what was, your, what was your craziest or whatever job? Well, I'm like, what was my craziest? Yeah. I mean, I worked in PR for a summer and I will say, and I say this to like right. my kids, I feel like you should do all the jobs yeah. when you can. Yeah. You know, it's like dating. You should date as many people as possible because what you're going to do is be like, huh? I don't like that. Yes, I'm I not do. suited for PR. <laughs> when I thought 
I'd be great at it, you and, know? But the other thing is, whatever you learned in your PR job and whatever I learned yes. in my accounts payable no, job. No, seriously, you're so good the, at that calculator. <laughs> but, all, <laughs> but all the things we learn, what you don't realize is they actually do apply. Yeah. I remember thinking while I was doing a class in chemistry or whatever in college, this will never have yes. anything to do with anything I do. Flash forward to you're covering a story. You're in a city council meeting and they're talking about pollution yeah. and the thing. And they bring up a chemical that you, st- you like, know it. That's the thing. You know, it. all these little bits and pieces yeah. all Matter. do come into play. It's yeah. so true. And it's yeah. so funny because it's also yeah. like what they are just opposed. I was taking a Shakespeare class at yeah. NYU yeah. and also work, had this job in yeah. PR and I loved the Shakespeare class you loved so it. much. Yeah. I just was like, yes, in it. I wanted yes. to read as much more, as possible. More, yes. I loved the professor. Yeah. And it kind of helps you realize like, oh, what you're into. And if people would say, oh, what are you going to do with an English degree? Do you know how many people said that to me? And look what you did with yours. Well, look what you I did le- with I, yours. I, I, but the point is, yes, I feel like sometimes you've got to lean into the stuff you really love. And I think I think a misconception among people is if I love this and it's so easy, yeah. it's too, this can't be my job. This can be my hobby. Yeah. I love, you can actually love the thing you do. Yes. That can actually be your job yes. if you want it to be. Ugh. Okay. Well, speaking of workers, yeah. um, there's an interesting headline on CNBC about hustle culture. Yeah. And how it may be starting to change. Yeah. With Gen Z. It says people want time to live their lives. That's what Gen Z wants. They want time to live their lives on their terms. Yeah. Which you get. Which I totally get. I totally get too. I mean, here's what I think. I think this, because I think everybody wants a work-life balance. That's the thing. But I do think that when you start at a job, you do not get work-life balance. No, I know. Because you're, you're learning. It's almost like if you want to be great at something, I think, at least initially, you can't be in balance. Yeah. Because... Michael Phelps wasn't in balance when he was practicing. Yes. All the people who make it big in their professions are out of balance, at least for a while. Yes. You, you know, then well, you've got to write the ship. But I think if you really, really want to be good yeah. at something. you got to work. you got to. And that means more time has to go into that thing. I also have to say I hate the word balance. Yeah. I feel like I've gone on this tirade with yeah, you before. Yeah, you have, but go again. I'll, I'll just yeah. do it. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It's First of all, I think it's inherently uh, elitist. Yeah. Like I know that my kids, yeah. my students, parents who are working a million jobs to get yeah. their kids, yes. you know, and, yes. and, and do whatever was best by their kid. Weren't like, Oh, am I balanced? Have I done enough? It's you like, know, no, self help. Yeah. No, they were, they, they were, were grinding working as yes. hard as they yes. possibly could. Yes. Okay. So first, number one, number two, nobody asked Henry about his work life yeah. balance. Yeah. I wish they would more often, yeah. but it's such a female focused thing that makes yes. us kind of feel bad, feel bad. because right. I'm never balanced. Right. I always spill on myself. Yeah. yeah. I'm always a little bit feeling guilty about missing one thing or trying, trying not to, to. Or trying to do everything. Trying to do everything. So here's the thing. Let's just get rid of it. You yeah. Know? We got to hustle. Yes. And hustle when you, and you also know, and there will be a point in your life or in your, in your career where you say to yourself, okay, yeah. now I, so, you've got to write the ship. Slow it down. But, but you can. Yeah. We're capable of it. And you know who hustles the most? Stay-at-home moms. Yes. yes. Moms hustle. Yes. They hustle. They're working all the time. All They're not the, and getting, getting any out-of-girls or any pay. Remember when they yeah. did that thing about, like, how much would a stay-at-home yes. mom job pay? A lot. You don't get any rest. You get no vacations. You work 24-7. Yeah. You're always on call. You're doing everything. Yes. Everything. And you get no praise. It's you just get, <laughs> I don't like tacos. <laughs> 
But that's you just it's get, Tuesday. If you no, have our children, what, you just get gaslit. Too. Yes, yes. Just oh, yeah. Things like I didn't, I didn't, didn't hit, I didn't hit you, and I'm like, like you just, I watched you just hit me. Yeah. No, no. that way, wasn't me. That's one of the weirdest. Create and I go. Oh, you know what I said the other day, which is so not good. There was an argument between my kids, and you hit me. And no, you didn't. I go. Okay, I'm just going to go back and play the recording I have in the playroom. You oh, I've done that before. And I walked out. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! You have a recording in the playroom. I go. Yeah, I'll go listen to it, and then whoever said what, I'll know. Okay, I said it. Okay, I go. Now, why did you have to wait until I was going to play our secret recording? <laughs> Wait, why? Why? Uh, Hal is in a phase where he likes to m- embellish, which I understand. Ki- right. It's fun. Kids do but it. But it's this type of embellishment. What? I don't like her because she hits me. <laughs> he, she hits me so hard. And I'm like, does she really hit you so hard? No. no. And I'm like, you but can't go But at least he confesses tell- on the first one. Well, no. Sometimes it takes... I hear him. He gets in trouble with Henry because he keeps tapping on yeah, his desk. Yeah, 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 And finally, Henry's like, please, you know, how? Please stop. I hear the whole interaction comes out. He goes, Daddy kicked me. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh my God! Like, Daddy didn't don't ever teach him the numbers nine one one because you'll be out. Oh, you did. My like, Daddy did not kick you. I just witnessed it. He's like, yeah, he kicked me. Right. Anyway, good luck to me. Coming up next is the show that made us feel good for years. Yeah, we catch up with the Emmy-nominated stars of Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis, and Brendan Hunt. We love them. Mm-hmm. Right after this. <laughs> People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console console. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet. Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film The Aviators now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Their motto is to believe, and for three seasons, Ted Lasso has had us all believing that kindness wins every single time. It's the show that's made a big impact, 21 Emmy nominations this year. It's also one of our favorites. We sat down with Ted Lasso himself, Jason Sudeikis, and his co-star Brendan Hunt just before the third season kicked off. And as always, the two of them kept us laughing. Take a look. Well, you do say, Jason, one of the reasons that this show came so easily to you is because you're a dad. Like, this is in your It does help, yeah. No, it's it's like, yeah, you know, I'm not learning uh, or learning about parenting on Wikipedia. You know, it'd be like, okay, how's empathy, right? It changed your life, it changed your DNA. No, I mean, yeah, it's one of the... It's method. I went fully method. My training. You yeah. also, this season, you do play the dad a little more. Yeah. I yeah, got to right see the, the bat, first yeah. Yeah. episode, and yeah. it's like your heart yeah. is for uh, is out there for this little boy that yeah. plays your son yeah. because mm-hmm. he lives between two places. Yeah, basically, yeah. And yeah. so, what is that? How does this change this season? Jolly. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. We, we're sort of sitting there, at least with Ted's specific journey of of like just kind of questioning, like. 
you know, why am I here? Like, why yeah. are we still mm-hmm. here? Because even in the in the very first episode, you know, Ted and Coach Beard are, are like when they're on the plane, and he kind of looks at me. He's like, "Is this nuts?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, this is nuts." And so he's still kind of like investigating that. You know, yeah. reinvestigating that. Cause Always. Like, yeah, because he just spent six weeks with his kid in London and, and then has to say goodbye. And sometimes you can, you know, when you when you work for uh, for a living, right, uh, and you leave, you, like, you kind of have to compartmentalize that. And so Ted's been able to do that to a certain degree and put his, like, family focus on this, like, chosen family of, yeah. the, of, the, of the team and, and the people surrounding the team. And so, so now, you know, the little guy had, you know, been a part of that for, for you know, during the summer. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's like, yeah. Now what? It's mm-hmm. such a beautiful part of the show. I mean, it's just such an emotional, beautiful part of the show. Brendan, first of all, tell us about season four. <laughs> <laughs> no! Wait, let's hear. What you got? <laughs> uh, well, it becomes, um, yeah, I, I, I stand by this. It becomes a crime show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think it's also animated. Oh, uh, animated. Pretty great. Uh, animated. And, uh, and Ted now has uh, superpowers. This is great. Um, but it's a superpower to hug. And, uh, and his hug is like Wonder Woman's lasso, uh-huh. if you will. I, why not? Yep. And criminals are just spilling, spilling confessions left and right because of the power of non-toxic masculinity. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. That's Thanks. what Wait, it is, season four. Can okay. I ask, I like we know that there's going to be a season four because we, we read it on Whoa. Reddit. We read it. No, yep. we, we finally read found it out. Yep. Okay. Reddit. Yep. We read it yep. on yeah. Reddit. Yeah. And yeah. we feel like everything we read on the internet is true. 100%. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. At some point, eventually. <laughs> yeah. No, the two of you guys are, are really yeah. good pals in yeah. real life. What do you like to do for fun? Yeah. How do you brew it out? Besides press. What uh, do we do? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, gosh. I mean, press in general. Yeah. Morning TV, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, God, I'm tired. Um, <laughs> no, it's early. We, we, play, we, we play an inordinate amount of FIFA, and we watch an inordinate amount of soccer. There is that. Oh, With some karaoke did. sprinkled in. Yeah. How was it? By the way, I know this is like old home to you. You're in Yo, Studio sure, yeah. 1A, but across yeah. the street is the SNL. Yes, um, yes. Do, you have a, I mean, do you have a ton of memories when you look over there and you think about that part, part of your life? I do. I mean, it, I, I, how neat is it to like, to work at a place that people take their picture in front of. Yeah. Like you kinda and, and, and it was one of the great things about it's still one of the best things about getting to do this job, especially like with the good fortune that I've had doing it, is is, is getting people getting people to come see the show, yeah. you know, or or getting them to, you know, meet, you know, whoever the host is yeah. that we work with all week or, or and and yeah, I, I, I think about that all the time. Because I used to live at 46th Street. So wow. I could, you live right you here. Walk here? I can walk here. I can look out the back and see the the, the, the building um, or look out my back window. But yeah, it, it was yeah, in between fifth and sixth, you know, right there above a Burger King. It's long gone now, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I used to have to pay my rent at the Burger King because the my, Wait, my landlord my landlord owned the the Burger King it was a, the franchises, and then he built apartments Did above. Did you get it. any so, sort of deal on the yeah, Whopper? Yeah, man, no? I got yeah, I I got a, a few uh, twenty one hundred dollar Whoppers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> They're trying good. to tell us to leave, but we don't want to yet. Because yeah. Brendan, I heard I, I love cats, and I heard you're a cat dad. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is again where the internet is just not being very truthful. <laughs> Jenna. Tell us. Um, you don't have a cat. I, I have a cat. Oh, yep. oh my god, your cat looks, looks like just your, like my cat. cat. Sure. Yeah, Can we no, set them up on a date? Yeah, why not? Wait, Great. Uh, that's, a, that's my cat, too. That's, yep. that's, that's your cat? That's my cat. That's hey. your cat? She's a kitten. You know. so, but we just adopted her. Could they be boy? Is yours a boy? Uh, it's a girl named Lucy. Oh. And I just want to make very clear, that's a- I am not a cat person. 
yes, every third picture on Instagram is of my cat. And I, the, my girlfriend had a cat. Now I live with that cat. I'm allergic to cats. I take two You're... kinds of medicine every day just to survive. I am not a cat person. Will I kill for that cat? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but not a cat person. Don't twist this. It's kind of cool, though, being a cat daddy. You're a cat daddy. <laughs> cat daddy. What's your cat's name? My cat's name is Hollywood. What's your That's cat's great. name? What? Lucy. 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 Hollywood and Lucy. Let's set them up. You can watch all three seasons of Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus, and we are crossing our fingers because we believe there's going to be a fourth season. They never told us there wasn't. Yeah, so maybe there okay, is. Okay, so maybe. Coming up next, one of the most successful self-made business women in the world, Emma Reed, on the secrets to her success after this. Now to a female powerhouse who's making her mark in fashion and business. We're talking about Emma Green. You may not know her name just yet, but we can guarantee <laughs> you know the brands that she's helped create, including Skims and Good American. And Emma recently stopped by to share the lessons she's learned along the way. Take a look. British-born Emma Green is one of the most successful businesswomen in the world. She's CEO and co-founder of Good American, which prides itself on being the first fully inclusive fashion brand. Emma launched Good American in 2016 alongside Khloe Kardashian. The brand made a million dollars the very first day. Emma is also a founding partner of Skims, the solutions-oriented shapewear brand valued last year at $3.2 billion. Her reach goes beyond fashion. Emma is also co-founder of Safely, the cleaning brand with chemical-free products. With an eye for product and marketing, Emma has made a commitment to invest in startups rooted in inclusivity, diversity, and sustainability. She made history as the first black woman to serve as an investor on ABC's Shark Tank. And most recently, Emma was named one of America's richest self-made women by Forbes. Her favorite two words in the sentence, self-made. Well, shall we focus on self-made, Miss Emma Green? It's so, so good to see you. I think a lot of people, when they see someone like you, they kind of come in on this chapter, the crazy successful chapter, but they don't realize that before there was this moment, there was a lot of struggle and hard work that maybe they wouldn't have looked at and said, wow, I wish I could be that. 100%. Tell us about that early part <laughs> yeah. that brought you here. Well, you know, it's so interesting because I have been, you know, working since I was 14 years old and I'm just now finding success as I get to my you know 40th birthday mm -hmm. and I think I really want to dispel that myth for winning that you know this happens overnight no. it doesn't no. what I've done you know business after business and failure after failure and finally you know you get something right and so that's the great thing that's the journey yeah. as you said you started working when you were 14 um, you are the daughter of Mm. Of a single mom. Single mom, four girls, four one of four. Girls. One, one of four. <laughs> what did she instill in you, do you think, that like gave you the grit mm -hmm. to keep going? Because here's the thing. If you had quit when you were... 18, 19, mm -hmm. 24, 30, you may mm -hmm. not be sitting here it's right now. It's so true. You know, I think the most important thing that my mother did for me and for all of my sisters was this sense of self-confidence. You know, I was raised to honestly believe that I wasn't better than anybody else, but nor was anyone better than me. Mm -hmm. And that is the confidence that I sit with today. You know, running these businesses, starting things from scratch, you've got to have crazy self-confidence. And I honestly believe that's what gets me through the day. You say you were working since 14. What what job I did you have? I had a paper out. <laughs> <laughs> so I delivered the papers I worked in 
in a deli, I worked in a cafe, I worked on the shop floor. It's like, you name it, I've done what it. What did those teach you, those little jobs? Well, you uh, know, I think it, they, what they really teach you is perseverance and also just like discipline. I started my first company when I was 24 years old and you're going to make a lot of mistakes, but I was, you know, I think uncompromising. And that's what all of my businesses have in common. You know, we're trying to do something that is about breaking the mold, doing things differently, but being uncompromising. And that is just something that I learned very early on in my career. I love that. Um, The other thing that people may not know is that you're the mother of four. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, four. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, you're like feeling it every single day. And it doesn't always look perfect. And I think if you look at Instagram, you may think, oh my gosh, every... Well, not at my, not on my Instagram. I will tell you, I try to really dispel those myths because I think that as women, we're set up to fail. Like this idea that you can have it all, all of the time. I talk about this all the time, but it's really about a trade-off. You know, I don't believe that you are perfect at business and the perfect mother and a perfect wife. It's like, I have a trade-off every single day. You know, it's like this morning I'm here. I did not take my children to school and that's all right because Mm -hmm. actually I'm teaching my children something else. I'm teaching them the value of going out and doing something for yourself. And I think Mm -hmm. as a mum, ambition doesn't disappear just because you have a bunch of children. In fact, I never felt more ambitious than when I gave birth for the first time. I was like, well, now I know what I'm doing all this for. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) You know, and that's, yeah, that's part of it. But, you know, when I think about safely and this newest business venture Mm -hmm. of mine, that's so much about my children. Totally. You know, doing something that is, you know, better than what's out there. I think that all of us after the pandemic, we'd surrounded ourselves with these toxic products. And I wanted to create something that was safe to use, better for your family, and really, you know, I'm on this mission, an absolute mission to actually make cleaning something that, you know, we can all look forward to. She By the way, those smart. safe, those products are great. I know. That one thing keeps my cat litter box from smelling bad. The thing you plug in. I knew cats were going to, you know what? Cats always make their way in. That's right. She's amazing. Okay. Coming up next, three more inspiring entrepreneurs who are helping women look as beautiful as they feel after this. Now to three women who are revolutionizing the beauty industry and making a huge impact along the way. Their innovative idea even caught the attention of some A-list celebrities, and it's a story that will make you feel good today. Take a look. The journey for me started when I was 10 years old. Me and my sister, we are immigrants from Nigeria. When we first got to the United States, we started getting bullied for the texture of our hair. For Isokin Igbenadian, it was the beginning of a complicated relationship with her hair. I remember the day I'd gone into class. I was sitting in the front row, and then the girl next to me started pulling on my hair and saying, why does your hair look like that? It's so weird. And so that day, I ran to my mom. I asked her to chemically straighten my hair. I wanted to really look like all the girls in my class. And she starts putting it in my hair. And so I start to feel like the burning sensation. But I'm thinking, oh, it's okay. This is the process to get the straight look that I really want to look like. And then she starts to wash my hair out. And at first, I'm thinking, oh my god, I can feel how soft and silky my hair is. And then I start to slowly run my hands down my hair. And I start to see chunks of hair falling out. Hair is such a huge part of your identity, right? And so I felt like I lost who I was at that moment. After graduating with a degree in business administration, Isokin embarked on a successful career in the tech industry, but yearned to find a way to use her knowledge of artificial intelligence to make a bigger impact. I didn't see any projects that I could work on where AOI was improving the lives of my community, of women and people of color who 
often have really poor product and service outcomes. And so we're just over it. As women who wear wigs and extensions, we wanted a better solution. That's really where Parfait was born. To make her dream of using AI to create high-quality, custom-fitting wigs a reality, Isokin turned to her younger sister, Afueko, a computer science expert. Isokin has really been my partner in crime my entire life. You know, she was the one who taught me to put on makeup when I was in middle school, you know, so I immediately said, of course, like, let's write some code. And so we kind of went through that process, like, I am a customer going online to buy a wig. What would make this easier? To get their idea into the hands of real customers, Isokin asked her friend and fellow warden classmate, Simone Kendall, to join the team. We had a conversation on a Thursday. On a Tuesday, I was in a pitch, and we just have been, you know, rolling ever since. The app they designed simplifies the complex process of creating made-to-order wigs for individual customers. It just takes four pictures, and then within seven to nine business days, you'll get a fully custom bespoke wig delivered to your door. When word of their business got out, Serena Williams and Kelly Rowland wanted in, becoming early investors in the startup. Our wigs are truly for everyone because we're building every single one to the person. And so it's for anyone who needs a wig because you're suffering from hair loss. If you have the unfortunate event of going through a cancer or a medical reason and needing that wig, we have a lot of women that come to us for alopecia. We'll look at your exact photos and make sure that you have a wig that looks like you when you go out into the world. And that's a big deal, right? The women that are going through wearing wigs never want anyone to know they're wearing a wig. But it's even more crucial for women who didn't choose to wear a wig. Parfait, for me, means freedom. Simply the freedom to be whoever you want to be every single day. Oh, we love, love them, and there's nothing those three women can't do. Coming up next, best-selling author and popular TED Talker who says it's okay to stir up a little trouble. Coming up after this. today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bushhager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Now to a best-selling author who is urging the world to do better. Her name is Lovey Ajahi Jones, and she is inspiring kids with her latest book. You may already know Lovey from her 2017 TED Talk, Get Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable, which has been viewed more than 9 million times. Check it out. I'm a professional troublemaker. As my job is to critique the world, the shoddy systems, and the people who refuse to do better. As a writer, as a speaker, as a shady Nigerian, I feel like my purpose is to be this cat. (laughs) I am the person who's looking at other people like, I need you to fix it. 
That is me. That is you. That is you. Lovey Ajayi Jones is out with her fourth book. It's called, it's for kids, and it's called Little Troublemaker Makes a Mess. First of all, we are so happy that you're here. You are so motivating, and it's so interesting because you wonder, how does someone wind up on a TED Talk stage? How does someone wind up with all this wisdom? Where did this come from for you? Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. My wisdom, I would say my grandmother. Yeah. You know, I watched her growing up, and she was definitely a troublemaker. She was somebody who would tell you her mind, but she was also so deeply loving. Mm. And she showed me that I can show up in this world and take up space without apology Mm. and still walk away being somebody lovable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You you moved um, from Nigeria to Chicago Mm -hmm. nine years old. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, That must have been hard, you know? It was frightening. Was Mm -hmm. it frightening? What did did that little girl learn Mm -hmm. about how to make good trouble. Oh my gosh. It was frightening because I went from somewhere where it was really hot all the time to Chicago, yeah. Illinois. Okay. <laughs> Probably never seen snow. I was like, what is this? When did we decide to do this? And, you know, I instantly felt different. My name was different. My accent was different. What I love mm-hmm. to eat was different. So I learned very early on. I was like, I'm too different for this room. Mm. So I instantly was like, how do I make myself less different? Mm. And I think high school is when I finally was like, you know what? No. No, what makes me different makes me really awesome. So I'm going to bring my jollof rice to school. I am going <laughs> to embody this full Nigerian girl. Yeah. And it worked. It worked out. And oh. you, you kept that confidence throughout because I do think most people, and this is why you're different, you talk about being the first domino. Yeah. yeah. The first domino sets can set off an incredible, an in, just incredible amount of energy. Yeah. But it's scary being the first one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. How did you, how did you overcome that fear? You know, I think about the fact that I'm always waiting for somebody else to do something mm-hmm. as opposed to just doing the thing. Right. Why doesn't somebody do something yeah. there? We're always waiting for that. Yes. And I'm like, what happens if one person just does it, even when it's scary? Here's yeah. the thing is I'm always afraid about those moments that are big. Yeah. Like if I'm in a meeting, yeah. or if I'm speaking up about a system that's bigger than me. But I'm like, if I don't do it, then who does? Yes. Who do I expect to do the work instead of me? Yeah. So I'm always like, even though it's making me uncomfortable, even though I'm a little anxious about how it's going to work out, I'm going to do the thing anyway. I'm going to do it scared. Oh, my gosh. I love mm. that. This children's book is oh. so awesome. And I think we hear the word troublemaker. Yeah. Yes. Like, you're, ta- you're taking that word back. It's not derogatory. It's Absolutely. not, you know, it's okay for kids to ma- take mm-hmm. up space and yes. make noise. Tell yeah. us about it. To be a troublemaker in a deeply unjust world is to be somebody who is making positive change. Mm. In whatever room that you are in, you don't have to be writing the big checks or, you know, protesting every day. But what are you doing in the room where mm. people are listening to you? So I wanted to write one about the little troublemakers because who, who are the biggest mm. troublemakers in the world? The tiny ones we know? Because mm-hmm. they don't come with a filter. They don't come with pretense. They tell you what they're feeling. Sometimes they don't get it right, but you know who they are. And I want to make sure that we honor who they are and affirm them early on. Because a lot of times we end up changing because the world tells us we're not good enough. Right. The world tells us that who we are is not OK for that room. We're too different mm-hmm. or we're too much or we're too mouthy. Shout out to the ones who were told <laughs> they talk too much. That was I'm me. I'm sure we well, were all told we were that. all that person. And you know what's yeah. funny? I mean, even for you, you loved writing. Yeah. But you never declared yourself a writer. Mm. Saying I'm a writer is declaring your profession to the world. But so you were like, well, I write too. Yeah. But to actually say the words, that's another way to step into your confidence. Absolutely. So how did you step into that moment? Ooh, first of all, I was like, I only know writers that like are real writers like the Toni Morrison yeah, and, yeah, totally. and the Zora Neale Hurston. I was like, I can't call myself the same thing. But I think when I started finding that my words got me into rooms that I could have never thought existed. 
Call, not calling myself a writer actually was self-betrayal. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, you, you can own this. You can yeah. own this. You're writing every day. Yeah. Your work is now being seen and affirmed. Uh-huh. And people are changing their hearts and minds because what you're saying, you're a writer. That's what a writer is. Yeah. So I finally had to and that admit it. And courage for anybody. I think no matter yeah. what your profession yes. is, I'm a fill in the blank. Well, because right. there's sort of like an imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. Yes. Where you're like, wait, am I equating myself to Tony Morrison? Exactly. Am I Angelo? And that's exactly. not what you're doing. Yeah. But you are saying. I write. I can do it. Imposter syndrome is a liar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it tells us that we're wearing Mm. coats that don't fit us, Mm. titles that don't fit us. We're in rooms that we don't belong in. And it's a liar. I'm always like, if I find myself in the room, I need to not worry about how I got there. Yeah. When I'm there, how do I add value? Mm. How do I make sure I walk away and I do or say something memorable? How do I make positive change in that room while I'm there? So forget why you were there. Don't worry about it, but make impact when you're there. On a totally superficial level, can we shout out your blazer game? <laughs> you have the best. Wait, we just took a few shots oh, of nice. you with your blazer game on. This is like that, your power that's suit, you, right? Man, this that's is your signature. It's kind of cool that you figured out what makes you feel good and you just do it. Yes. You wear it, you know? It's an adult security blanket. Yeah. <laughs> it's an adult security blanket. Yeah. I put on a good blazer. I could put on with some joggers and I look like I tried that day. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I didn't try. So I just throw on a blazer and I trick everybody. And thinking I look good. You know what? Hoda has a good blazer game too. I, I love my blazer. She has too, a great girl. blazer we'll have to game exchange. too. Yes, Let's please. talk. Y'all yes, please. Share. I gotcha. All right. Um, okay, Lovey, thank you so thank much. You. And this book is awesome. For all those parents that want to teach our kids they are enough, yeah. you can check out Troublemaker Makes a Mess at today.com slash books. Illustrations are beautiful too, and that. We love that message. Be a troublemaker. We sure do. She's an inspiration. Coming up next, one family's mission to make the world a little brighter, all in the name of their remarkable daughter. Coming up after this. All morning long, we've been telling you about folks who are making an impact, and you're about to meet a family doing just that, using their daughter's courageous legacy to help other kids. Yeah, her name was Penny, and my family was so blessed to have known her all of our lives. My daughters were her big fans of her glam camp, but what they never knew was that Penny was fighting a serious condition. She just had this twinkle in her eye, and she attracted young kids and kids her age, and her teachers and adults just loved her, especially for her positivity and and her resilience, for sure. It was her resilience that always inspired me. Penny Durge was born with a genetic condition called neurofibromatosis, but I can assure you that was the least interesting thing about her. Penny was an artist, and in fact, we're surrounded by some of her art right now. She was a dancer. She always looked out for my girls. She was a mentor to a lot of kids and a great friend. Nobody knew that she had had 15 surgeries. From the very first moment she was diagnosed, we had a choice and we chose joy and positivity and that she was gonna lead the most beautiful life. And so we didn't let it define her because that's not who she was. At age 16, Penny's beautiful life was cut too short. When she did leave us, we looked at each other and we said, we are going to celebrate her life and no one's going to wear black to this service. Because honestly, Penny's girlfriends and all of her friends, they've never lost anyone. So how do you teach a 16-year-old to understand what loss looks like? It was the first funeral my girls went to. 
you taught them that there's a different way to grieve. The grieving doesn't just look like one thing. No. It can look like colorful dresses and, and singing and beautiful. TikTok dancing. Yeah. <laughs> we were so moved by this outpouring of love from uh, the, our community and, and people far and wide that Kate and I sort of looked at each other and said, we need to do something. Neurofibromatosis causes tumors to grow on nerve pathways in the body. It is one of the most common genetic disorders in the United States, yet it's underfunded, and that's what Penny's flight hopes to change. Penny always loved butterflies. The butterfly represents an inextinguishable soul, always drawn to the light. Mm -hmm. And we just felt that was Penny, and it continues to be. And this idea of spreading wings and spreading positivity, and that the smallest act, like a flap of a butterfly's wing, can cause a revolution. There's so much work to do. Yeah. yeah. And there's work at the top of the chain, studying you know why these mutations happen. There's also work, you know, to help um, people live a better life. Penny's Flight is a young foundation, but a mighty one. Their mission is a cure. And in just five months, they've raised more than $1.5 million. We don't have to sit in the darkness. We don't have to be alone. We can come together and spread her wings. As they work to raise awareness, they're also bringing hope to other members of the community. Families like the Perfettis, whose daughter Julia suffers from the same condition. For Chad and Kate, this is probably like what it's all about. (laughs) It is. While you're living your best life, we're trying to do this to help you and help so many other kids never go through what you've been through and what Penny went through again. And hearing Kate say there will be a cure. Yeah. And that probably makes you feel pretty good. The fundraising and having that support team gives NF Heroes hope for a better future. It really does make a difference in all our lives. Penny was robbed of her tomorrows, but perhaps her greatest legacy will be giving other children more. And in the words of Penny herself. Affirmations for tomorrow. I choose to live my best life. I'm fearless and confident. Today is filled with possibility and love. I'm my best self today. I am love. Aren't they so incredible? And in less than a year, Penny's flight has raised more than two and a half million dollars for kids. And for more information on NF, visit pennysflight.org. We'll be back right after this. All right, that's going to do it for us. We hope you guys have a great Labor Day. Yeah, enjoy it, y'all. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Bye. Bye. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.